remind you, 007, that Blofeld's dead. Finished. The least we can expect from you now is a little plain, solid work. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the 007 Minute, where each and every other day, Mark and I go over a great minute of one of the best adventure movies that uh, is in the James Bond library, the 1971 Guy Hamilton-directed feature, Diamonds Are Forever. As I said before, I'm Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Mark Cerulli of Illuminar.tv. And we're back in Sir Donald Munger's office, his lovely... Would, carefully uh, appointed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, carefully kind of appointed. Harvest gold kind of a thing. It's just very... You know, it's it's definitely the rest of the seventies would look like this. Lots of lots of gold. Yeah. Although this is rather nicely appointed. There's nothing um glitzy or contemporary in the entire office. It looks like you know, this would be something where uh Commander McBragg or Sherlock Holmes would sit and uh ponder the universe. It looks very Victorian. So nice little nice little place. And we're getting a we're getting a lesson on how to figure out Soleros, which we had <laughs> uh we had talked about yesterday that cherries don't have years, but the uh the vintage in the, the original cask. vintage, yeah, like the cask that that it was made in started in 1851, right, right, and uh, and then he just drops that little unmistakable at the end, of, the end of the phrase. It's like, oh, okay, I could, like anybody could do this, <laughs> sure. And then, and then I love uh, 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 Sir Donald just says it precisely, precisely, yes, mm, yes, mm, quite. Uh, so uh, then he starts uh, saying, you know, okay, let's go for double jeopardy. And here's the uh, the categories are uh, diamonds. Yeah, that, that is definitely what he re- what Bond responds with is a Mankiewicz phrase. That whole the the hardest substance found in nature. They cut glass, right. suggest marriage, and I suppose they've replaced the dog, dog as, a, as a girl's best friend. Yes, and then and then uh, M's rather frosty comeback. Profession to head is one subject you're not an expert on. But it's like, yeah, you've been. Yeah. Painted over, but it's nice. It's just it's. This is like shaking hands with the audience, saying, "Okay, here comes the exposition." Part. Right, and then here we go. We're into the diamond mining montage. Yeah, it's like a little documentary on how where diamonds come from. Eighty mm-hmm. percent still up there. About uh, that that is pretty close. I think it's it's like seventy seventy two to seventy five percent of the diamonds are still coming from south southern Africa, not not South Africa itself, but. But in those there. days, uh, De Beers had a, a, a oh. absolute lock on on the, on the diamond trade. Yeah, they finally didn't crack until about 1994 is when the De Beers uh, conglomerate fell apart. Mostly, their their biggest problems came with conflict diamonds. I mean, there's a lot mm. of a lot of places in Southern Africa where these diamonds were being used, uh, you know, like basically slave mining, or they were used to uh, pay for wars where there were, you know. It was more like a gang warfare than a than an actual war. Yeah, but uh, still very uh, very interesting. And uh, I remember when we were growing up, uh, the ads for for diamonds. You know, yeah, the shadow. Remember, the you shadow. had to buy. What was it? Uh, it was the. Yeah. A good diamond is two or three months' salary. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, as, as <laughs> if that. You know, where did that law come from? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, and it's like, oh, you only got that big a diamond? That's not – he must love you very much. But the idea – and this was a very recent thing, and it was all sponsored by De Beers. There were, during – before 19 – like, say, 1920, the idea of getting a diamond engagement ring, that wasn't in the cards. That mm-hmm. That isn't how it worked. Uh, people would give 
would give promise rings or engagement rings, but they would just as easily be rubies or emeralds or, you know, topazes, whatever, whatever struck your fancy. But uh, De Beers managed to inflict, it was a very successful marketing campaign. Um, I think their, their tagline was a diamond is forever. So, right. Uh, yeah. This tied in perfectly with that. Yeah, stunning. I mean, then that that continued on. I mean, I can remember. I think the more famous commercials were the ones where you'd see the shadow of some of someone's hand, but you'd see an actual diamond ring mm. as a as a print ad. Very very striking. You know, <laughs> behind it, the fact that people were basically living in abject poverty to dig the stuff up out of the ground. Uh, let's not think about that part. And it, it's funny how uh, Sir Donald's narrative here is kind of in sharp contrast to everything. Everything going on is exactly what is not happening. And he's talking about loyal, you know, being loyalty in the, right, division, right. In the business and devotion of the workers. And meanwhile, we're watching uh, one of the miners down in the, uh, he said two to 3,000 feet down, they're drilling away. Right. He just reaches down, reaches down to tie his shoe and just happens to drop a couple of diamonds in it. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember uh, watching this in the theater when it came out and, and all this started to get, get laughs and then when the the guy well in the next minute when he walks into the dentist's office and grins you know big the audience just just erupted into laughter it really is so well played it's, a, it's such a i mean i keep saying this but it's, it is such a mankowitz script mm. it's just everything everything at odds with what you're watching and what these guys are all talking about in their yeah, basically this drawing room of a british uh, uh club industrialist yeah. Yeah, it's a club. He, he might as well be sitting around chatting him in the men's club. Uh, what they're talking about is just a lot of g- gangster action, and, and you think like, who's the criminal here? <laughs> these guys, these guys actually have a secondary business because they're not obviously not getting paid enough to, to be devoted and loyal <laughs> to uh, to these to these folks. I've been trying to. I was trying to. Uh, research where that particular mine picture was and the more i'm looking i don't think that's actually a diamond mine that they showed in the picture the way that diamond mines actually work there's a thing called the big hole Mm -hmm. and what they do is it's mostly like strip mining and they go in similar to an open-faced coal mine and they just kind of dig down until they hit the clay that has uh these diamonds and uh they just kind of like scoop it into it's it's more almost like panning for gold Mm -hmm. that they they kind of grind it out, but Maybe I guess that would gypsum mine. Oh yeah. Well, we'll be talking about gypsum mines in about, oh, I'd say about an hour's worth. Yeah. Of, about of nine episode. months from now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, I wish they had uh, more information about, but I guess, you know, if, if they just, if they just had a guy sitting there with a bucket, shaking the thing loose to see the, see the diamonds, it wouldn't play as well. Right. I mean, you're picturing a diamond mine. So you're picturing way down on the ground and a bunch of guys in extremely well lit too. Mm-hmm. Did you know how yeah. well lit that, that one scene is? just going around and picking up diamonds. There's an interesting, the interesting aspect of, uh, of all this stuff is how I want, I want to talk about this in the future. This is a chain and we know that this is the beginning of the chain. And I want people are going to have to follow this because I, I keep getting lost in this chain. There is a group of people that are um, grabbing a bunch of, they're, they're shorting the diamond industry here. There's a, there's a bunch of diamonds that are disappearing out of the revenue stream. Right. And they don't know where they're going. So uh, that indicates that they're going somewhere. And what Sir Donald is going to be talking about in the next, in the next couple of episodes is that they're, they're worried that this is going to get dumped on the market and it's going to wreck the De Beers line. Right, to depress prices. Yeah, depress the prices. And that, that's all they're thinking about. Or uh, blackmail. 
they can, you know, they they could threaten to, to wreck the market. But what I'm concerned, I mean, we're gonna well, it's uh, slight spoilers here, but what we're doing here is that uh, Blofeld is buying this black market line of diamonds to build his, you know, standard space laser thing. Why couldn't he just buy the diamonds? Why why couldn't he just like they're industrial diamonds? And he has this entire setup where he's trying to get lots of diamonds. Why can't I mean it has to cost him almost as much to keep this network going as it would be to just buy industrial diamonds. I mean, I guess we wouldn't have a movie at that point, but I just don't Yeah, well you have to keep those criminals employed. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a good works program across three continents. Mm-hmm. But I can't like how much well, we'll probably we'll talk about these. Yeah, obviously. Why couldn't he rob a bank and then use that money to uh, buy uh, as many diamonds as he needed? Yeah, and and you know we've already been over in the Goldfinger scenario. We've already been over Spectre's use for uh, you know cornering the market on something. In this case, the commodity is diamonds, where it was mm-hmm. gold. But I just don't understand why can't he just if he's got this enough money to fund a criminal enterprise this big with this many players and this many stuff going, you know, this much stuff going through several different and so many loose you know loose ends and i understand that the reason that as we're going to watch as as uh mr went and mr kid are going to be cleaning up the mess uh-huh. that he he's trying to tie up loose ends but couldn't he just say i've had enough thanks stop or are they or is what he you know is getting rid of them the pl- i mean I, I keep losing this plan yeah yeah like why would he Kill the uh, the little school teacher, but we're getting yeah. we're getting yeah, way we're getting, ahead we're of getting ourselves. A yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. Anyway, these are just things. I just want to plant the seeds. Right, they're and, all and coming up. It, it's all it's all going to be happening, and it's just right now. Just try to piece together as we're getting into this major exposition. Why is this network set up? And I realize that what the the other part of this is is that the this diamond setup doesn't work the same way as it does in the book. That's a that's a more straight. I mean, it really is about diamond smuggling. This has Spectre and all the other jazz. So be aware of this as you're watching the the next few days. We're going to be going over how the the chain goes. But uh, we're going to stop here. <laughs> it's, I know this is a, this is a short episode, but this, we're going to stop here with uh, this fellow with his uh, boot. Any? Have you ever seen that boot by any chance on uh, on eBay anywhere? I was thinking it's. Uh, no, I. It's probably still in somebody's closet. But you know, <laughs> talking a bit about this plot, the you know, uh, uh, I guess one of Richard Maybaum's uh, uh, drafts. This was supposed to have uh, uh, Goldfinger's brother. Seeking revenge for Eric Goldfinger. Oh, so like Die Hard almost. Yeah, and then and then uh, uh, apparently Connery wasn't happy, and that's when they 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 uh, hired Mankiewicz, who uh, David Picker had seen a play on Broadway that he had written, a short-lived play, and was impressed enough by the writing that he suggested them, and they they hired him on a temporary basis, and he you know Connery was very happy with the pages he was turning out, just banging it out yep. and getting this. And it couldn't be. I would imagine that the, the turnaround time on you've you've written scripts and I can't imagine the pressure must have been. Yeah, we need a blockbuster hit right yes. now, and we yeah. just and Connery will say no if he doesn't like it. Yep. Yep. And he could talk about a demanding guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Connery was very focused always on on the literary aspect of of any movie he did. You know, yeah. it was all about the script. Yeah, and then he did Outland. Um, the. Outland was good. Come on. Uh, Let's talk Zardoz. Zardoz, yes. 
Uh, we could, we could, but this isn't the Zardoz minute. <laughs> the Zardoz yeah. minute. We'll do the Zardoz <laughs> half minute. That movie does need a and and well, this it's already in depth just by watching it, and it's never appeared on Netflix. I noticed. Anyway, uh, we we will pick up some more of this uh, as, as the as this freight train goes along. But it's just interesting. They have to do this for exposure. And this is, you know, it, this is about as straightforward as, as they get for exposure. Or not exposure, but exposition. Well, it's like it's like in, in the original Jurassic Park film, you know, the whole idea of, of using dinosaur DNA and everything, it's kind of ponderous. But then in, in the film, they have like a little animated character explaining it, yeah. you know, in, in a promotional video. And they got that all, all out of the way really quickly. And it didn't hold everything up. Yeah, and I mean, without lampshading the whole thing, they 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 roll through this inside of uh, the next four minutes, three minutes. Mm-hmm. And the only other one I can think of that did it that fast was uh, Titanic. If you remember, Titanic has the uh, uh, the large redheaded guy with the beard sitting on the boat explaining how the Titanic sunk and what different events, like when the when the boats the hull split in half and when the smokestacks fell down and where everybody was in the two hour period of of the Titanic sinking so that people who didn't know about the Titanic uh, would get the, get the drift of how everything went. Do you have a favorite exposition in in any of the bond scenes, any of the bond movies just while we're in the middle of all this? Oh man. Uh... I did like operation grand slam. That was, that was a beautiful model. That was one of my, yeah, that was pretty cool. I suppose, uh, uh, putting little Nelly together in, uh, you only live twice. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was, was kind of yeah, it was kind of quick, you know, and and uh, uh, just uh, very interesting. And, and of and course, it, that was all faked, but yeah, but it looked it looked good. It and, looked and real, yeah. He used he used all of the all of the anti personnel equipment on yep. that thing. In, I think in the order in which they announced which ones, you know, yeah. here's some air mines and this and that. And he just like goes down the list of banging it out. Uh, um, great stuff. Moon usually, I mean, most most exposition. If it's not about the plot, what what you're going to see Bond doing is usually handed to you by Q, mm, um, right? And Q will Q, Q really doesn't have much of a role in this. I get the feeling that uh, well, again, one of, one of the great sight gags of the movie yeah, comes yeah, up we'll, with we'll, Q, we'll, but we won't spoil yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but he he didn't even get like an opener in this one. Well, we'll we'll talk about that later. But let's pick this up on on. Are we already here at minute 11 coming up? Wow. Well, thanks for being with us on the first 10 minutes. Uh, if you'd like to join us uh, online, you can catch up on the previous minutes if you've missed any over at our great big site, 007minute.com. You can find us on Twitter, 007minute. And you can also find us uh, out on Facebook at the uh, Operation Grand Slam uh, Facebook page. So join us there. But join us here two days from now. At, or No, not two days from now. Today is Friday, so Monday. We will see you and talk some more exposition. And I think we're going to have a, we might have a guest. We'll see. Anyway, just check back. We'll be, we'll be exposing things later. Uh, next Nobody week, will um, be more surprised than us if we have a yes. guest. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. You never know. But check back uh, right here on the 007 Minute. Faster than you can say, Bert Saxby. Bert Saxby? Yeah. Tell him he's fired. <laughs>